my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Attention not-for-profit groups. Are you looking for a unique way to raise money? Stride Pro Wrestling fundraisers are always a hit. Since 2016, we've helped sports teams, schools, and civic groups raise thousands of dollars. Once COVID-19 restrictions are lifted, we'll be ready to rumble for you. Contact us to the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page to discuss the options. Friends, welcome to episode 388 of the My 123 Cents podcast. Joining me this week is Tyler Heath Hatton. And kind of appropriate that you're on the show this week because we are on the 10-year anniversary of where the whole two is greater than one concept came from. It was, of course, your big match with Ace Hawkins against Ryback at WWE Extreme Rules. Can you believe it's been 10 years? No, not at all. It, uh, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't believe that I'm 37 years old. Um, you know, on my birthday, um, you know, all that whole morning, um, driving to, to school, I thought I was 38. <laughs> and I actually said something, and uh, my daughter um, was like, you're not 38, you're 37. And then I was like, oh, oh yeah, I am, I'm 30. So that was actually the best birthday present I got. I found that I was a year, a year younger. But uh, but no, it was uh, um, it was yeah, it's mind blowing. You know, we, we talked about this in the podcast before. Like things pop up on my memories, and I can't believe I did it. Yeah. And the WWE thing was obviously amazing i'm sitting here in my weight room looking at the picture for the that has in my room that has my paycheck i got paid and the pictures and the promo and the agent and you know the referee and you know everything and it's just uh one of those things where it's it almost doesn't seem real it's like wow i can't believe i did that well and that's the the unique thing about your situation i think with wrestling is the fact that you have done these things that that people just kind of dream about and you know i know you've heard from some people like oh you know it was a squash match or whatever but the fact that you are on a wwe dvd or now you're on the wwe network um working a pay-per-view against at the time their fastest rising star i mean it's it, it's it is mind-blowing and then that the fact that you've gotten to go back and do some other opportunities you know the dr hatton thing from 2020 before the pandemic hit and uh you know it, it's just it's just a very kind of cool situation i think to be in yeah i mean uh every time you know they message or you know they're coming to evansville again and 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's always flattering when I get emails or messages or, you know, I, I talk to people that I know there that I get invited back. And I think it's just because uh, I'm able to um, to do what's needed. And, you know, if I can play a role or, um, and you know, and, and so it's, it's you know, we, you know we, not to sound like, like you when you get a somebody retweets or you get <laughs> your question answered on Conrad Thompson's podcast, but um, you know when you know it, it's cool whenever um, you know you uh, um, you know when, whenever you get asked to do stuff or you're messaging like I'm messaging with Adam or talking with Adam and you know it, that's cool. That is uh, to me because you know Adam has the same like treat others. You know, work hard, treat others fairly. You know, like. And you're talking Adam about Lips, Pierce and not Tessa, Adam right? Yes, yeah, Adam <laughs> Pierce. Um, at, no, the other one is uh, Heath Hatton doesn't do enough ROA spots for me. Um, but uh, it um, it's uh, it's cool that um, to have that and to be able to have those experiences because I think it was Spade. It may have been Spade that was on it might have been Roger, I can't remember. Someone was on your podcast once and I was actually listening to one of your podcasts that I wasn't on. So <laughs> it tells you how bored I was that day. Oh um, man. But but I think I can't remember which one, but they were like the best part about all the stuff that, that I've done, Tyler's done, Heath, is um is that I go back and I give them what I was told mm-hmm. and what I was learned. You know, and and Roger now being at OVW always talks about that. Like, it's just so different to get that feedback every week from those people and, and to hear that. And so, I mean, those that, that know me outside of wrestling know that I'm genuinely trying to help people. Mm-hmm. And so that's the best part about being there was, I mean, I'll, I was never good enough to be a full-time WWE wrestler, you know, my, we talked about my tryout. I mean, Adam Cole was there. Mike Bennett was there. Mm. Um, LA Knight was there. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Del Sol, Calisto Del Sol was there. Um, you, like I, I was, I did not belong there, you know, with those guys in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when I was there with, you know, but I got to be eat at the same table as those people. And, you know, we were all trying for a job at that time. So I made it to an interview process with 28 people and those people were in my interview process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's to me, that's, uh, that, that to me is, is, you know, being on the pay-per-view is cool and, and getting to do that and being able to show my students at school, but, you know, doing a private tryout with those guys, you know, Mike Bennett was my roommate, you know, um, that to me was like surreal that you're, you know, I mean, thousands of people were gunning for that tryout and they chose 28 and I was one of those 28. Yeah. You know, and, and look where Adam Cole is now, look where Mike Bennett is now, look where LA Knight is now. Um, you know, Kalisto uh, had a really good run in WWE. So uh, that's, to me, looking back on the 10 years from that, like all the stuff that spun from that was was cool. You know, that that moment, honestly, you know, even my kid will be like, 
they put on that WWE pay-per-view, you know, and, mm-hmm. and my students will, you know, we'll watch it usually, you know, right before spring break, I'll, I'll put it on and show the kids and we'll watch it. And that is cool. You know, that is, that is awesome. Especially seeing John Cena and Brock Lesnar were the main event. So, right. you know, you can never say that, they can't ask, you ever meet Cena? You know, I wrestled on a card with him. So, you know, it's stuff like that that is that's super cool that um, that I get the most out of it now that I'm a 37-year-old old man. Well, and I think that the, the, you know, like the cool and, you know, everybody has their own opinion of what cool is. But obviously what you're saying is the experience that you took away from that. And now, you know, you mentioned your daughter, but also the kids that you coach, the kids that you have in the classroom, um, and then the kids, and I'm using air quotes when I say kids at Stride Pro Wrestling, you're embarking that knowledge, Not, and it's not just a, you know, people who, and people who listen to this are obviously fans of wrestling, so they get it, but it's not just about the wrestling or the sports entertainment, it's the life lessons, it's the discipline and the values that you pick up along the way that you can't necessarily teach, but you can hopefully lay it out there and encourage kids today to follow that same path. Because I'm sure you get inundated even still today by guys at the stride school. You know, how do I get to the next level? How do I get to this next destination in the wrestling journey? And so, you know, it's it's all of that. It's a combination of things, I'm sure, but... Obviously, you were, uh, you know, a cut above the rest and able to get to be a part of one of 28 uh, with this opportunity that you had years ago with this tryout. So it's all about not just the coolness of the wrestling factor, but I think the life lessons and, and, you know, you're 10 years older now. and, And I think that that has probably been a bigger impact on you than winning any WWE championship had you been signed after that experience with Ryback? Um, you know, I'm glad you brought all that up because that is honestly my, um, my issue with, um, with, with wrestling today that I can't get through to people that I try. If you look at stride, if you're in the back or you're around, you see me, talking with Chris Hargis and you see me talking with Roger Mathis or you see me talking with you mm-hmm. and Axe Allward and you see Brandon Espinoza and the, the guys with the experience that come back are the guys that I'm so close and loyal to and defend. I never talk bad about. I defend. We've laughed a hundred times. There were some guys making fun of you on social media. I messaged you years ago mm-hmm. i wanted to fight him for you yep. you know and i was like hey you want me to handle this um and because that's just how i am right and so what i found is this is a a big picture thing for me if you look at the guys who make it who are super successful in my opinion they're the ones who are loyal and who are good people and nice to their friends i mean if you look at like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, you know, all these guys, Daniel Bryan, how they're all friends with each other. And you see, like, you know, in Kevin Owens, I saw Mike Bennett and some other people tweeted, like, we're crying our eyes out because it was Kevin Owens' first WrestleMania, how much this means to him. And then you look at, like, 
Cody Rhodes, what he did for all his friends. And the ones that I think make it are the ones that want to see their friends make it and see their friends do it. And then the ones who are kind of off to themselves and selfish and backstab people and politics for themselves, they usually get ran out mm-hmm. after a while, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's no different, I think, on an indie scene. I mean, if, if you look at even Stride Pro Wrestling, like we've talked about, how many people, you know, have backstabbed me, you know, or, or, or screwed me over, you know, um, you know, and it's, uh, that's the one thing that I try to teach to these, uh, you know, to these wrestlers is um, the kids that we train. That's the big thing is, is keeping people safe, number one, and keeping yourself safe. And, but then also like how to treat other people and how to treat yourself in the wrestling business. And there are people you don't like and things you don't like or matches you don't like, storylines you don't like, how to handle that and how to go about it and how to treat it. And that has been the biggest thing that has annoyed me and aggravated me is, um, you know, I was just talking to Roger the other day and I, you know, I was like, I'm thinking about just closing up the strike training school. Um, and you know, just because it's become more of a hassle and it's more, you know, it's, you go out of your way. I mean, just as recently, We've had trainees that we train. We train for free. I went out of my way to help. I went out of my way to do stuff, and they screwed you over, you mm-hmm. know. And it's you know, and, and I want them to go bigger places than Stride, and I want them to go. But when you cancel the day of because it's cold outside, mm-hmm. you know, or you cancel, or you don't cancel, you just don't call because um, you know because you have somewhere else you want to go. And you're afraid I'm going to be mad when it's like, what makes you think I'm going to be mad? You want to go somewhere else. I'm happy for you. Yeah. You know, if you want to drive eight hours and, and make 20 bucks, like that's fine. Like I'm, I'm happy that, that you're doing something you're enjoying, but you can't message or call, right. you know, and then I get, I get real mad, you know, when I hear uh, that they're beforehand, you know, they're complaining about what they're doing or they're complaining about their story or complaining about who they're wrestling and then they cancel the day of or whatever. And that's, to me, that's just an insult to me. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, you would agree. It is. Oh, yeah. That's just completely disrespecting me. And so then that's kind of when it's, you know, 10 years ago, we're probably going to have a face-to-face talk about, about it. But now it's that I'm older. We talked about it at the start. Now that I'm a mature 37-year-old, <laughs> I just kind of, now I just kind of learn like, those people aren't going to mount anything in the wrestling business. And, uh, you know, it's, you're, you're seeing it and you're like, they're eventually going to run out of every place they have to go wrestle. And, and, uh, and so you just kind of cut them out of your life. And, uh, but there, I mean, there's been, since we started stride and look at the people, you know, trainees that we train that, you know, um, just, just kind of quit. And, uh, you know, because it's, it's not an easy business. Um, you know, I, I was watching the Stone Cold podcast and, you know, how Bubba Ray talks about, you know, like, I don't sugarcoat it the first day. I lose kids because I tell them, and I'm kind of that way. I tell them, you know, this isn't jumbotrons and 20,000 people and, and live streams and camera angles. That's that's not what indie wrestling is. 
And, you know, some kids are like, oh, and they come to one practice and they're like, this is awful. Then you have some that train and, and they they do it one foot in, one foot out, and they, and they don't make it. And, um, you know, they don't get any better. And those ones are usually the ones, you know, me and Roger was talking about on the phone yesterday was you tell them you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. And that makes them mad. That upsets them. They don't want to hear what they're doing wrong. They want you to hear that they're, you know, their drop kicks the best, their headbutts the best, their, you know, their spears the best. You know, that's what they want to hear. You know, if you see my drop kick, yeah, but you, your head looks, your headlock's horrible. You know, mm-hmm. and they, they don't want to hear that. They want to hear you talk about how good their drop kick is. And, and you know, well, yeah, you got a good drop kick, but you don't have anything else that's good. Yeah. Um, and so, it's very difficult, and that's been kind of the challenge. And now that I'm transitioning into a, an adult with a, a career and a job, it's uh, it's hard to uh, to have the patience because I don't have the time. You know, I buy softball game or four softball games last week, and the wrestling show on Friday. It's it's you know, and then softball stuff with my daughter on Saturday. It's it's hard to have the time and patience to walk these kids through when they don't want to learn, they don't want to hear. Right. And I, and I think that all comes with the maturation process because like you said, you know, when you were, even though I think that you probably had that, that work ethic, I didn't know you uh, when you were in college or in high school, but I, I imagine it takes, you know, a, a certain mindset and a certain attitude to excel in sports and that you play in high school and then you went on and played in college. So obviously, you know, not everybody's cut from the same cloth, but uh, I could see where it gets disappointing where you put your neck out and and reach out to help people and then they either uh, don't accept the help or it's not good enough and, and they want just... And I, I think that's kind of a, a sign of the times with not just wrestling, but just a lot of in general people wanting that validation for I can do this but I can't really do that but let's focus on what I can do and, and you know I I get it I mean we all have our strengths and weaknesses but I feel like you know as a coach and as a mentor for a lot of folks you really probably see a lot more of that than than the average person does oh I tell uh, that's the one thing that I really tell my students all the time and it made it it makes some of them mad, but I tell them, you know, I didn't care if I was playing kickball in PE. My team was going to win or I was going to die trying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this my favorite class that I teach is health because we talk a lot about the outcome of our life and the choices that we make. And, you know, we, we do talk about, you know, the birds and the bees and drugs <laughs> and and respiratory infections and health and nutrition and we talk about all that stuff, but we also get to really dive in. And, and I really actually love my health classes because we uh, we get to talk about this stuff. And they're all the time, like, you know, my school is a small school. And um, we uh, we talk about all the time, you know, how, how do you get there? How do you do this? And then, you know, they'll see some of the things that I got to do in high school or in college and, you know, and points that I scored or home runs that I hit. And I always told them that like, I'm just competitive, but 
like when I played basketball, I've always been this way. I didn't want to know the things that I did right. I wanted to know the things I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I like I was always I was a weird kid. I wanted to know when I got to high school what the other team's scouting report said about me was a weakness. That's just that was my mindset. Yeah, and you know and we talked about it. I went to a when I went to TNA, they told me I was too small. They told me I said you need to add weight. You need to gain weight. Quit worrying about your abs. You're 175 pounds. Quit it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're not interested in that. Like, and that's what they told me at the time. And then WWE said the same thing. They said, like, you need to be up closer to 200 pounds, if not more. And, you know, I at the time I was abs, 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 abs. So, you know, you what do I do is, you know, even now, the same thing. Like, I, I tell you, I gripe to you on Snapchat about the way I look. I hate the way I look right now, but right now, like I promise you, there is not a single person in the world who is busier than I am. But I get up every morning at 4.30 a.m. from 4.30 or actually about 4.40 until about 5.10, I do uh, cardio and stretching. And then from 5.10 to about 5.40, I do cardio and then from 5.40 to 6.40 or 6.30-ish, I work out every morning. Mm-hmm. And then I go teach PE all day where I'm <laughs> doing active stuff all day. And then after school, I have softball and uh, softball practice and stuff at the school. And then, I mean, on, on, uh, it was on Wednesday. We had games on Monday. We had games on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we had a game. They got rained out um, halfway through the game. I got home at 6.30. I picked up my kid. We made it to pitching at seven. Then we had hitting at eight. And I got home at nine, took a shower, went to bed, got up and did it again. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not saying everybody has to be that way, but um, that's just the mindset. I don't have cable. I don't. Um, I don't have cable internet. I don't really watch TV. Um, I, I may watch the WWE Network on my iPad. I have a Fire Stick where I, you know, I have some things but you know that's that's my mentality and that's what i do and um you know it's you know roger was telling me in the locker room he's like i don't see why you don't wrestle with your shirt off you look 10 times better with your shirt off than almost everybody in this locker room but Mm -hmm. it's not to my standard but then i'm like if you you know and then i'm thinking about the other guys and i'm like why are you not doing what you need to do to look the part, you know, I mean, what, I mean, what are you, what are you doing? And I, then, then I have to remember that, you know, that they're kind of, they have one foot in and one foot out on wrestling and they don't want to hear it. And, and that, and, and then again, I'm not bad mouthing anybody. I don't think anybody, what your goal is, what your goal, my goal for a little bit was to be in WWE. That was my goal. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, once I got there, in a way, that wasn't my goal anymore. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be a dad, um, and I didn't want. I realized I didn't want that lifestyle. I didn't want that schedule. I wanted to be at home with my kids. And I don't think everybody's dream is to be there. I don't think anybody's who does it, you know, um, that their dream is to travel the world full time being a wrestler. So you have to get out of it what makes you happy. But if you're complaining and griping about, 
your spot or what you're doing in the business and how you're going to a show and you're losing, you know, in three minutes, um, or you're not getting put on TV or you're not, you know, if you, or whatever it is, you're not getting a, a belt or a championship opportunity. Like look yourself in the mirror and ask, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing to not get these opportunities and then go ask, but then be willing to know what you're doing now. If you don't care, great. You know, um, I'm going to use Brandon Espinosa. He doesn't care. He's not a champion. Mm-hmm. He care less. Yeah. He wants to come wrestle and you know, he, he doesn't care. So, um, and now at OVW is different. He wants to be on TV. He wants to be in, in a prime spot. So he asks, what am I doing wrong? What can I do? What do you need from me? And, you know, they told him, you need to work on your body. You need to get a better looking body. So that's what he did. And he started working on it to try to get a better body. So it's, you know, at some point people have to take accountability and, and not, you know, that's the thing about being a booker. People, oh, he just doesn't like me or he's booking for himself. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I, you know, like you said, you get out of it what you put into it. And, and, I, I've been that guy, too, who complains about things or whatever. So you, you really do. It does take a lot of um, self-analysis, I guess, or kind of looking in the mirror and figuring out, okay, where do I want to be and how am I going to get there? And I'm not going to be able to blame anyone else because your actions have that direct impact on how you are perceived, how, you know, what your work ethic is like, what you're willing to do uh, to, to prove that you're going to put in the work, you know, like not everybody has to get up at 4.30 and, and do a workout for an hour and a half or two hours. But, you know, and I, and I shared something the other day on social media and, and, and you shared it as well, you know, don't look at it as a failure if you, you know, your intent was to run five miles and you only ran two miles or, you know, you didn't lift a hundred pounds. You only lifted 70 pounds, you know, take those small victories. And, and instead of setting such a high bar, achieve a goal and then work to get to that next goal. And it doesn't have to be traveling with the WWE around the world or AEW, you know, doing shows like stride pro wrestling and then going and wrestling at other local promotions and then maybe brand branching out and getting into regional getting on to ovw you know there are those small steps but like you said earlier I, you know i've talked to some of these trainees through uh, messenger or you know even a couple you know brief in-person encounters and they always seemed you know not always but a lot of them have that big dream that mentality okay this is going to be my gimmick this is going to be my name this is going to be this, this, and this. And it's like, we haven't even seen you do anything yet. So get that foundation first and then build off of it. And sometimes I think we dream so big in the beginning. And then when we don't get it right away, we get discouraged. And then that's why we end up quitting instead of setting those smaller goals with an end game of, okay, yeah, maybe one day I'll wrestle on a WWE pay-per-view. But right now I want to focus on this and then that will lead to that, and then that leads to that. And I think that today in general, a lot of folks just, whether it's wrestling or not, they don't have that mentality. It's, I want it all now, or I don't want it at all. And that I think that's a bad mindset to have. Yeah, I agree. I talk to my, my kids that I coach, and my kids at the school, and I, you know, I'm just all the time like, 
you don't have to go undefeated in basketball. You don't have to go, you know, and, and wrestling for WWE, or you don't have to move to California and star in a movie or whatever it is. But like, I, I do think you should work hard for everything that you want, whatever it is. Like, and that's, you know, where you, and that's, and, and, and that's the other thing too, is I don't care if you don't work hard or you don't want to, but don't complain about what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't like, and to, to wrestle for WWE or wherever you have to have luck. Uh, and that's just all there is to it. You have to have some, a little bit of luck, I think. And, and you hear, you know, Stone Cold talk about his run. It was luck. You know, I mean, everything that happened to him was really luck. And, uh, you know, that's for anybody, you know, whether it's somebody's friend meets a friend who gets signed and they get you a look, that's luck. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and so, and I, and I think that's the same thing with sports, you know, with, with the kids I, I teach is, okay, you want to play in college, like your work ethic is going to get you there, but to get a big college, you have to have a little bit of luck. Um, that you, the right person likes you, the right person meets you, the right person puts you in that spot. Um, and, but it really comes down to, to work ethic. And I, I preach that to my kid all the time. I tell my kid almost probably once a week, I don't care if you play softball in high school. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you play high school or if you play college and, or you play softball in college. That doesn't bother me. However, if you want to play, I want you to have the opportunity. And if you don't work hard now, you're not going to have the opportunity then. So, and then she found that out when she was a sixth grader and she started on, on varsity in junior high and she made all conference. And I told her, I'm like a lot of your friends that were sixth graders set the bench and didn't get to play and had to go to all these games and watch. But, you know, and, and, and that's hard. And you see it all the time with kids, but it's like, you know, the ones that play, uh, you know, any sport are the ones that work the hardest. Hard work will outwork anything. Mm-hmm. And it, it translates into wrestling that I try to get to these kids. You know, it's it's like, you know, we we always talk about me and Spade and Shane Rich and all these guys. You know, you can remember the APW days. Mm-hmm. I mean, Farmer Billy Hills was wrestling with Pac in a ring before the show. Mm-hmm. You know, in there with, with wrestling with uh with uh um Pac, your boy, uh Neville, um in WWE, Pac and AEW. And Sami Zayn was in the ring and doing stuff before and you and wrestling people and um you know, we had a show at Pinkneyville and James Storm was in the ring doing stuff and wrestling. But you go to our show and our trainees are kicked back and, you know, in the seats, yeah. watching, you know, and it's, you know, uh, it's just, it's right. It's a different era. I mean, yeah. it was, I could remember, I remember one, I don't know why I remember this so well, but one at APW show, me and Spade got there and we wrestled first and we wrestled each other with the, with the ring set up. And then Shane Rich showed up and, um, and then he wanted me and Spade to wrestle again. So me and Spade wrestled each other. He watched, he gave us feedback. Then Christian Rose and Matt Cage showed up. And then, um, and I cannot remember the other person, but one more person showed up and it was Spade and him. 
and then we did a a, a, a three team tag match, and it was me and Hoobie and Christian and and uh, and Tate and then Spade and somebody else. It might have been Joey. And anyway, we wrestled, and then I wrestled that night on the show, and we had four or five matches before the show even started. Oh wow! And and so. That's but we talked to the train. That's how it was, you know. That's yeah. just what we did. And now, you know, it's they they show up and they kind of lay around and, and the bleachers. And I just I don't understand why you know they don't they don't do that stuff you know anymore. And but you see the big names when they come in. A lot of the times, you know, back you remember the APW, it's all the time in the APW days. Mm-hmm. They were in the ring before when we they bring in a name and yeah. and they do that stuff. And that stuff is kind of gone. I, I, I read a, a really good interview that Davey Richards did. And Davey Richards was like, he said, when I got to the town, I would always ask the promoter right away, is your ring set up? Because I wanted to go get in the ring before um, and do some stuff. And guys just don't have that mentality anymore and uh, a lot of it is um and i I think a lot of it now is there it's changed and guys are wanting to put together this five-star match and put together all these spots and so when they get there right away they are trying to get with the guy they're wrestling to put this match together to get all these spots in and and you know i'm maybe i'm terrible wrestler but i've never been that way yeah so um, you know, I think it was uh, Tiller. Um, he did a, a, a Dexter Roswell. You know, posted an interview that he did with Jason Tiller, mm-hmm. and and Tiller was like, you know, when I wrestled Heath, it was really strange. It was different because he didn't really put stuff together, and everything was just kind of like thrown together in the ring. And that's just—I don't call it walking and talking. I call it listening to the crowd. So I listen to what the crowd wants. And I try to feel out what they want, and and I try to put together a match. I mean, you said it before when talking to listen to me put together a match. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, they should be up at this point. Yeah. You know, if, if they're not, we're in trouble. Um, and and that's kind of how I try to do it. And you, I just watched. Uh, I, you know, I obviously I'm like you. I'm a nurse. So I listen to a lot of people talk on podcasts, but. John Cena did. He was on that uh, that WWE one, and he talked mm-hmm. about like I listen to the crowd. That's how I wrestle. I listen to what they want. What do they want me to do? Is it fair to and say that's becoming a lost art, though? It is. I mean, it, and that's where you know, gosh, you know, we we me and you, I I I love Eric Bischoff. I do, and mm-hmm. um, and I love his podcast because I think. He's probably the closest to Vince McMahon that we have in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Eric Bischoff having WCW that was owned by Turner was at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he always talks about he almost bought WCW. It would have yeah. been so interesting to see. Yeah, right. Um, what he could do if he was the guy in charge. Like if it was him, he got the final say. He didn't have Hogan detailing everything, you know, if he could have been, which where Vince McMahon is, but what we're seeing in wrestling today where, you know, um, it, it's, there, it's kind of, I actually wrote it on former general manager Sam Hunter's thing the other day where I'm like, wrestling's at a weird place right now because 
you can watch wrestling anywhere at any time. I mean, you can watch the last two years of stride shows anytime you yeah. want. You can watch any Monday Night Raw that you want, uh, any SmackDown. And so getting people to tune in to a live show is very difficult right now if you don't have good stories for them to sink their teeth into, mm-hmm. to turn into, yeah. you know? And I think, you know, you look at, I want to use a, a terrible reference, but like The Walking Dead, how their ratings have dropped um, because, you know, the show kind of became predictable or people kind of, you know, could see where it was going and they lost interest. And I think that's what wrestling is, is, you know, I'm going to use a, oh, Heath Hatton is wrestling Kevin Huntsberger. Uh, well, I've already seen them wrestle before. I can find it on YouTube or it's going to be on YouTube tomorrow. I'll just watch it tomorrow when I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem. And I think uh, WWE, they try to do stories and they almost try too hard to do stories. And at some point it's, you know, you're, you're almost tired of seeing the bloodline come out, you know, right. where it's, okay, I want to see the bloodline doing something now. And, you know, and the same thing with AEW, like, okay, I, like, I'm tired of just watching them wrestle each other. Like, I want to see, I want to see why they're doing it, you know, as opposed to he came out and challenged him. You know, I I just, it's, it's a tough place, you know, and it's, and, you know, and I think, uh, you know, Cody making the jump kind of tells you that, like, after a while, like you, I, I just think wrestling needs more to it. You need more meaningful stories to it, and I think uh, that's kind of where wrestling's at right now. And that's why I love listening to Eric Bischoff's podcast because he's usually spot on with everything that he says is going to happen. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. And you know, since you brought it up, let's 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 talk about it. May twenty first. It's uh, you and I in the ring. Yeah, you're probably gonna get hurt, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's for control uh, of stride, and it's been kind of a a long time coming. And I know the the people on here are gonna be like, oh, you guys talking on the phone, and you know, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, you know, I. I think it's been a long time coming for me and you to wrestle. We've talked about it on this podcast a hundred times and you've dodged it a hundred times. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think it's probably been a dream of yours to wrestle me. So (laughs) I just don't want to get hurt. Well, you're probably going to, (laughs) um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, we're going to be back at the Sioux drive which is, I think, a great venue for us to be in. We had a huge crowd there, a crowd there for Stridiversary. Um, you know, we, uh, and that's the thing, too, that I'm glad to see is, you know, Johnson City, you know, has booked us. Gallatin County has booked us. Um, the Pulaski County Fair, uh, I don't know if you saw the message, yeah. they booked us, or wanted to book us. Um we uh we're starting to get back out there and people are starting to get away from this 
um, the way, you know, the COVID shutdown type mm-hmm. of thing. And, uh, you know, I'm really glad because, you know, I think doing them, doing the show in our building, it, it is fine, but we're, we're handcuffed. You're right. To, to what we're able to do. And, um, you know, it's, you know, and, and two, it's, you know, finding venues is hard. And, um, you know, and, and honestly, you know, I've ran stride for, for so long and, um, it's kind of just been me that, that did it. And so, I mean, I'm not going to lose, but if I did lose, I'd love to see how bad you could screw it up. Hmm. Well, and you know, you mentioned Johnston city, which is coming up this Friday night. Um, and you know, obviously being able to get in front of these live crowds, and even though I don't necessarily think the school crowds are, quote, uh, our fan base per se, but I guarantee you everyone in Gallatin County uh, this past Friday night had a blast uh, coming out and watching and, and getting to see you as, as one of their teachers in the ring and their another teacher and their principal refereeing and uh teachers coming out to be managers and stuff. And, and that's what I like about the fundraiser shows is we, we get to be a little more involved with the crowd and, and the crowd has a little more investment in it. And like I said, you may not be a wrestling fan, but at least you're going and, you know, it kind of, it'd be kind of like if, if a basketball, you know, a professional basketball team came to town and let your, uh, your high school basketball coach, play uh you know part of the game it's it's getting that involvement in there um and i think that that that's good for everyone that's that's involved in it yeah i mean the school shows i was actually telling uh some of the guys in the back that you know uh i enjoy i've been in a few of the teacher matches at different schools and it's you and i and i understand i've had people tell me I don't like that you have the wrestlers in there. It hurts the business, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. You know, you have the people that are like, I hate that Pat Bunny's in the Royal Rumble and he gets to wrestle. Yeah. It drives me nuts. It's stupid. It's fake. It's corny. Oh, my God, did you watch Shaq on, you know, like, <laughs> it's, you know, oh, I love that. That was awesome, you know, but it's, it's whatever. But, uh, and I, but you have those people that are like, they're not trained in the business or whatever, but it's like, we did a show at West Frankfurt and we had, I think, 200 and something people there. And it was me versus Axe and it was Falls Count Anywhere. And I think we just had 200 and something people there. And uh, it was an okay show. And we came back and we put three teachers on the show for the first time. And we had, what was it, like 600 and something people there? Yeah. And we had like $10,000 at this thing. And it's like they brought people in the door. Now, they didn't bring in wrestling fans, but you know what? After that Frankfurt show, uh, I think right before that Frankfurt show, we had Johnson City, and they had actually put a couple teachers on there, and they had like 400-something people there. Then we went to Frankfurt, and there was like 600-something people there. And then we went to Stridiversary, and we had over 400 people there. So people came from those shows. We we maybe we only picked 30 people out of that 600 that came, but we picked them and the teacher matches bring people in 
and they get people and they get their kids on your product and the eyes on your product. And, and to me, that is, um, that is amazing. That's special to me. And that's what I like. And, but as what I was going to say is a lot of these guys that I have are like, I don't want to do teacher matches. All you do is get beat up. And it's like, no, that's not all you do. You actually, you get to tell your story and you get to work with these guys and you get to put together a story and put together a match and it's fun. And I actually enjoy those. And it's, you know, in all the years I've done wrestling, we did a pep rally on Friday for the students at my school. We had all the students in the school there. And Dave was like, uh, Dave Lyon, Mm -hmm. David Lee Walker was like, I've never heard a crowd like that before. (laughs) And you know what? I have, I, you know, I've always said the loudest pop I ever heard was Red Daniels returning mm-hmm. from an indie show. And um, that place went ballistic. And I've never heard anything like that. Even Keith Hatton doing it, stuff I've done. Uh, me winning the title at SICW is pretty loud. Um, but that night when Red did, but at that, um, at that pep rally, I mean, those students it was deafening in there and but I, I told dave i'm like that's what you want in wrestling is that crowd reaction that crowd response that loudness like no matter what you're doing you know it's like i told him I'm like kevin owens got his butt kicked for 15 minutes by stone cold hardly got any offense in but he said that was one of the best matches of his life mm-hmm because the crowd loved it and they loved every minute of it. And so that's kind of how I am. You know, I'm, I'm hurt right now. I think I dislocated my hip. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to wrestle Friday, but I was going to be in the teacher match. That's what I was going to do. Mm. And I was going to let the teachers beat me. Up. That was my plan. Mm-hmm. And um, because I know that I'm going to get a reaction, I'm going to get quote unquote heat. I'm going to get beat up and the kids are going to love it. And the crowd's going to love it. It's going to be loud. And I'm going to make it where they're going to want to see me get beat up. And I, I just, I don't understand the whole, like, that's an insult thing. And it's like, okay, well, you can go out and, you know, um, probably me and the best match me and Tony Flood ever had. We had a two out of three falls match at a school show. I think it was West Frankfurt. It might have been Johnson City. And the crowd was into it, but not really that much because the teachers were there. And we were both kind of like, um, you know, it was loud, but that was the same one that uh, Red Daniels and, and Riser wrestled on. And, um, and you know, and, and they were both like, it was so quiet out there. Then they have a, a match at, at Stradiversary and it's loud and deafening. And it's like, yeah, because they're there to watch the teachers. Yeah. And, and you're just a filler. And, you know, it's me and you talked and some of the matches were dead at Gallatin the other night. And you tell the guys, like, they don't care about what you're doing. They want to be entertained. Yeah. Entertain them. Doesn't matter how many big moves you can bet, hit, entertain them. They are there to see Mr. Hatton and the Volminator. Yeah. That's what they're here to see. All these kids are here to see that. So entertain them. Engage in them. That's what kids and, and school shows want. But again, you know, you can know them. I'm going to go do this and they're going to love it. You know, it's like, and then they don't. And it's like, you know, you, you kind of feel bad for them because you came over and you're like, oh, they were dead during this match. But yeah, because they don't care. 
know, I mean, they don't, you know, and, and, and getting them to, to understand that is, um, is difficult, but, you know, that's just kind of wrestling and, um, and, you know, but it's, to me, it's just happy that I'm back in, in the, and the, the, we're able to be back in the school stuff. And I hate it that like, I mean, we can call it what it is that my career is, is winding down. Um, you know, I'm, I'm almost to where I'm only going to be able to really do charity events and school shows where I can't do a lot of bumps and moves. And, um, I can't really give feedback anymore. I like, I kind of feel, you know, that like I'm out of it and, and, uh, you know, this is, you know, I, I hate to compare where I'm at to the undertaker because it's not even on the same level. But when you watch like the last ride and he talks about anxiety that he had Mm -hmm. and like, like that's kind of where I am before I wrestle. Like I, my body doesn't look as good. I can't wrestle as good. Um, I can't do the things that I used to be able to do or that I want to do. And my body's hurt. And um, like, you know, Going up to me and Riser at Stradiversary, I mean, you could ask my wife. I, I had anxiety. I had trouble sleeping um, just for the, the worrisome of it. Um, because, I, you know, he he's talked a bunch on podcasts how he's always wanted to wrestle me and he's always wanted to have these matches. And you feel bad because you can't give him the match that you know he deserves to have or that he wants to have. And, um, you know, you feel bad because, you know, you can't go out there and, and steal the show. And, and I kind of doing the thing, um, with cash, like I kind of realized like, like cash, cash in a way was carrying me in our matches. And, uh, I kind of realized like, um, at that point, my, uh, um, you know, my, my career is, is winding down. I'm not putting the, the effort into it. I used to, I'm not in the shape I used to be in. And it's just, just kind of, it's, uh, it's sad and it's upsetting, but you know, I watch a stupid wrestling documentary and it gets me jacked up mm-hmm. and I go do yoga and I'm like, I'm going to wrestle. And then when it comes down to it, I just, I know I can't, you know, I know I can't do it like I used to. And, um, and I can't perform, you know, the way that I used to and the way that I want to. And it's, uh, you know, and it's sad now that, okay, now stride has taken off again and we're getting all these shows and all these bookings and all these people. And I can't, I can't perform like I used to. And it's just a, it's a sad, but it's also, like you said, looking back over the last 10 years, it's like been a great ride. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Again, thank you for all you do for Stride, and you know, we we talked about Gallatin County earlier. It was a fundraiser show, more than three thousand dollars raised for the softball team. I'm sure we will raise that or just as much or more at Johnston City. So, you know, these wrestling fundraisers are the real deal, and it's another great way for Stride to give back to the community. You know, we we talked about giving wrestlers the opportunity to do what they want to do and and live out that dream, but it's also about giving these organizations and schools and churches and, and whatever the opportunity 
to make an impact in their communities and raise some money as well. So it's a, it's a good partnership, and I think it goes along with the whole, you know, your work ethic, your lifestyle of, of wanting to help others and give back, and it, it just kind of goes across the board, I think. Well, like I said, I, you know, I appreciate when I get uh, good feedback or people like you that are like, oh, you know, thank you, and, you know, and I, uh, I think I've had a pretty good run, you know, and Strides had a pretty good run, and, you know, I, I'm going to end your career, I mean, your undertaker, you know, been defeated, so I'm going to pin you for the first time ever, which is exciting. But, um, you know, I, uh, um, you know, I, I, you know, I became a teacher to give back, to help kids, to, uh, you know, like, you know, make kids where it's, you know, we, sounds corny, I mean, and if anybody's never asked me, you can ask my kids, I, you know, I, I started Stride to help people get where they want to be. Whatever I can do to help you to get to the next level. And I became a teacher because I want kids to get where they want to go. If your goal is only to be a farmer, okay, well, let's get you there. I have a student who, that's what he wants to do. He's a senior and he wants to work on a farm for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing. That's what me and him do. We talk. We, he actually went and, uh, and applied to work with a farmer and we walked him through how to do the interview thing. He never had a job before. And that's, that's what I enjoy. Same thing with wrestling. You know, I have, you know, uh, Dexter Roswell messaged me. He's wanting to go to this bigger company. What should I do? And, you know, he saved the chat and on Snapchat, my advice. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to help you get to the next level. And if I can't help you, maybe I'll pass you on to somebody else who can help you. And, um, and that's kind of where, you know, it's, it's, there's so many, talented wrestlers out there that can help you that you know can get you um where you want to go i mean there's talented guys here locally that that know people that that can get you places and you know if i can help pass you on to those people i would love you i would love to uh um to help you out and love to to get you where you need to go and you know same thing for you you know if you you're the same way. If somebody really wants to go be a news anchor, you know, because you quit, um, <laughs> then uh, I'm sure you would you would gladly help them. And you know, it's um, you know, it's I, I you know, you hate me and you, I and mean, we hate seeing people get released. And we don't even know on WWE. You mm-hmm. know, we hate it. You know, it's right. Uh, you know, it's the same thing. It's you know, I I personally thank uh the royal rumble next year if if marco stunt showed up at wwe that'd be amazing yeah you know i mean could you, could you imagine that or if he showed up to help code i mean that'd just be so cool you know that would just be to me that'd be awesome because i want them all to be in a company making lots of money and wrestling and i don't want to see anybody get released or you know leave a job or wherever it is um and so you uh um and so you and on a, I know it's a bigger scale thing, and I kind of went on a tangent there, but <laughs> it is uh, what I'm saying is is I want to do whatever I can to help anybody because I want to see everybody succeed. I don't want to see you know anybody fail, um, you know, except for you on 
Saturday, May 21st. Um, I want to see you fail. But then after that, I'll give you a job as an announcer and we'll still record our podcast. It won't be a, it won't be a huge deal. I mean, it'd be the first time you've ever lost, but, um, you know, but other than that, you know, I, well, I mean, That's you did it. you I, did lose the tag team titles for us, so I mean, there is that. I sure did. <laughs> I mean, you are much of a help. Um, I got so many messages. My back hurts. Um, but uh, well, I think mine did carry us. Um, your boy Chad, he knows. They make tweets about me carrying you. Um, oh. But uh, but you know, Price, I can already think of about four people you're probably going to hire if you can somehow beat me. Um, you're going to be hiring uh, the old APW and uh, Pro Wrestling Collision crew yes. to come in and, and run things and and uh, then book yourself in the storyline and and bury everybody and, you know, probably what you're going to do. But, you know, well, we'll, we'll make a video. The Rise and Fall of Stride Pro Wrestling. I like that. I like that. Well, I like talking with you, and I know uh, things are happening, and, and everybody's got places to go and people to see. So we're going to wrap up this week's episode, but with a reminder, Friday night, it's this Friday night if you're listening week of the podcast. It's April 29th at Johnston City High School, and then as Tyler just mentioned, it is May 21st. It's a Saturday night in Marion. Join us. Head to Facebook, uh, Stride, Stride Pro Wrestling's Facebook page. Uh, and of course, also on my one, two, three cents. Friends, thank you so much for listening and have a great week. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.